Hello, and welcome to episode number 33 of the Havey Digital Podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers, where my goal is to help you make to the max. My name is Ryan Havey, and in this episode, we're talking about the long-awaited Sony a7 III. That's right, the announcement is coming up, and we're going to go through the specs, or the rumored specs, that is. Let's get into it. muted there for a second. I couldn't hear my intro music, so I just had to guess when that clapping was going to come in. But welcome to the show, everybody. Hey, if you are new here, be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. Let's have a conversation over there, shall we? By the way, today is July 19th, which also happens to be my dad's birthday. Give him a round of applause. Happy birthday, dad. If you missed um, my episode Two episodes ago, go back and check that one out. Uh, my parents were in town and I uh, convinced my dad to come on the podcast with me and we had a fun conversation. So that was pretty cool. Um, real quick, feature the beverage for the week. So uh, we were running low on sparkling beverages. So we were doing some grocery shopping, went to the local uh, neighborhood Walmart and um, picked, they, they were actually out of a lot, which was interesting. And they didn't have a whole lot as far as sparkling waters go, but they did have this clear American strawberry. Um, just figured I'd give it a try. And I wasn't expecting much out of this because it's just kind of some generic brand and, and the packaging looks all generic and everything. But holy crap, this like the it's strawberry flavored and the flavor is intense. Like if you've ever had like um the strawberry syrup that they put on top of ice cream, like soft serve ice cream. That's what this tastes like. And interestingly, all it has is 200 milligrams of potassium. Everything is 0% just water and flavoring. It looks like, but like the flavor is almost too intense. And for a sparkling water, that's a little odd, but you know, Hey, I'll take it. So, um, now we have to, we have to talk about the sound of the week last week. Once again, I forgot to reveal the sound of the week. So last week's sound of the week was this. One more time. All right. Now, because <laughs> I didn't reveal that one, so I will do that now. That sound is of the Young Nuo. Oh, where is it? The Young Nuo YN685 Speedlight. That is the sound of this thing turning on, off and on. Let's see. There you go. It's a live demonstration of the YN685 Young Nuo Speedlight. By the way, um, these speedlights are very inexpensive. If you're looking for a set of speedlights that are relatively reliable and not very expensive at all, um, get some of these. There's, I think these are a little bit more. These might be closer to 100, but then they have, uh, but these are also the, the TTL versions. They have some that aren't TTL versions that, you know, if you just want to use a trigger, um, they're, I think they're maybe closer to, 50 bucks or something along those lines, but check those out. So anyway, that's last week's sound. This week's sound is this. Now that should be a layup. I'm, I'm, I'm going easy on you since I forgot last week. So if you know what that sound is, leave me a comment and I will, I will reveal it, reveal it at the end of the episode. My mom 
is, uh, is watching on Facebook and she says, I hear you, by the way, we are live streaming across multiple platforms, including YouTube, Facebook, Twitter via Periscope, Twitch. Where else are we? Uh, I think that's it. Um, but, uh, thanks for letting me know, mom. I appreciate that. So what do we got this week? So this week, yes, we are talking about the long-awaited Sony A7 III. I'm, I'm a little flustered right now because I can't hear everything else that's going on. I have to like double check to make sure that everything is, that I'm not, uh, I don't have a bunch of stuff going on in the background. Um, but yeah, we're talking about the A7 III. If you didn't see it, uh, Sony announced that they are going, they made an announcement about an upcoming announcement. They said they're going to be announcing the A7 III on July 28th. And it's kind of cool. I like how they, that they actually did that as opposed to just saying, Hey, we're doing this event and we're going to be announcing some things, but we're not telling you until then they actually came out and said, no, this camera that you've been waiting for, for many years and talking about for many years, we are going to announce it on, uh, July 28th, which is what nine days from now. So, um, of course we don't have the actual specs. They haven't been released yet, but there are plenty of rumors a lot of those rumors can be reliable. So we're going to go through the rumored specs of the Sony A7S III. I may have said A7 III a couple times, I don't recall. But it's the Sony A7S III. The Sony A7S II is kind of their, um, I don't want to say flagship, but it's very com- It's very popular among video creators because of its low-light capability especially i mean i've liked sony cameras for their video capabilities for a while i have the sony a7 III, and it does quite a lot for what you get out of it um so there's a lot of people really waiting with bated breath for this new camera uh so we'll see what uh what we actually get out of it but let's see until then we've got a couple things to talk about the first is i encountered um probably the scariest bug I've ever seen uh, yesterday. It was yesterday or the day before yesterday. I don't recall. Um, I've tried to cancel it out of my memory because this thing was um, very freaky looking. So before I say what it is, uh, and if you follow me on social media, you saw me post about it, but I'm going to show a little video here and you can tell me what you think of this little creature. So here you go. All right. What is that? What is that? That thing is nightmare fuel. Um, it's the first time I've ever seen anything like that. That was actually right at the, it, that was on the doormat inside a garage right at the front door. And this thing was just kind of chilling there as we came home. I don't know if it was injured or what. Uh, but it was just hanging out by the front door and I wasn't about to let this thing in my house. So after uh, a couple little video clips, just to, to make sure that I captured it, um, put it to rest with my, the force of my heel, uh, and then, um, posted it online to see if anybody knew what the heck this thing was. And what this bug is, is it's a, that it, it goes by a, a number of different names. Um, but most commonly by three different names from what I found wind scorpion, sun spider and camel spider. I, they, I guess it couldn't, apparently it's neither a scorpion or a spider, by the way, for any of you only listening to the, um, the audio version of this, I'm going to pull this up 
one more time here. Let me see. So I can kind of describe this visually. It's this thing. I don't know. It kind of looks like a combination between the two. Its head looks like it's just comprised of two giant jaws. Uh, it's maybe like an inch and a half in length, almost looks slimy. Um, and it's, it's got kind of a scorpion esque look to it, but it's got eight legs. Um, it's just this, and it's like a kind of a light brown, like a tan color. This thing's just freaky. Um, but apparently they don't, they're relatively harmless in that they're not poisonous, but they do have a nasty bite, uh, which is those jaws you saw on its, on its head and it's neither a spider nor a scorpion. So, um, yeah, I had to, uh, that thing had to go. Uh, but what I found out after I killed it is that they are actually very, very fast. Those things can run, they're very agile and they can run up to 10 miles an hour. Um, but I'm thinking it was maybe dying. I'm not sure because when we, uh, it stayed there, like I, I came in and out of the garage a couple of different times to get some video of it and it didn't move. So either it was dying or I'm very lucky that it didn't just rush towards me and run up my leg. But anyway, there's your nightmare, nightmare fuel for, um, for this evening. I had to, I just had to mention that though. Next thing I want to talk about, um, it was actually a busy week. There's a lot, a lot, to, a lot on the list to talk about today. So, well, if you remember a few episodes back, I, I talked about buying this little, uh, calendar. It's like kind of like a, one of those fat head things that you put up on the wall, but it was in calendar form. Like, you know, I'm going to put something on the wall. I'm gonna start writing some things in and I'm going to follow that calendar. And that's going to kind of be how I stay organized going forward. That didn't work. I, it stayed up on the wall. I think I filled it out once and then I never updated it, never used it. Um, excuse me. This uh, sparkling water is giving me the burps again. But um, so that didn't work. Another thing that I wanted to try just to kind of stay more productive, not so much organized, I guess, but just productive was I figured, OK, in every morning I will wake up and create a new task list. I'll just use the reminders app in my phone and I'll create a new to-do list for the day. And I'll just make sure that by the end of the day, I'll check them off. And that'll be that. And that worked for maybe two days. And then I just couldn't get into the habit of going there every morning, opening the app, creating a to-do list, and then checking them off throughout the day. It just wasn't working for me. So now I think I've found something that works relatively well and it leverages my inability to leave any notifications on my phone. I'm an inbox zero kind of guy at all times. You know, I, I always get a little bit of an anxiety when I see someone pull out their phone and they've got all these red dots everywhere from all these notifications. Um, I've actually simplified my phone quite a bit and turned off a lot of the notifications so that if I get notifications, unless they're like calls or texts, they'll just show up in the notification center. I won't get any dings or, you know, badges popping up or anything like that, or the red, red badges on the, on the apps themselves. I turned all that off and it helps. But, um, what I figured I would do is I'll just set up daily reminders that kick in let's say every day at 7 30 AM and they'll pop up on my phone. And right now I've got four of them that just, uh, you know, different things that I need to do throughout the day. Like one of them is just like, you know, take, take medication or take my vitamin. Um, that's just, you know, for my own well being. But for example, another one is journal. You know, another one is do at least 30 minutes of creative work outside of like my day job or things that I have to do. 
Um, another one is meditate. I've actually been getting into a meditation routine, which has been helpful so far. And to just kind of, cause all I do, all I do all day, my waking hours is just, I'm locked into some sort of project or onto my phone or my screen. And, uh, I rarely take the time to kind of just stop. So, um, that's one of the other things, but because, and not cause I think I've marked everything off for the day, but you know, when I go through my notifications and I get these pop-ups, especially these reminders, it drives me nuts for them to be there. So it's like, okay, I haven't meditated yet today. If I want to check this off, like I, I can't leave it there. So I have to do it in order to check it off. So it's a sort of mental gymnastics I'm playing with myself, but it seems to be working so far. So that's my new productivity, productivity hack. Uh, and if you're like me, um, my, si- my sister said, no, no, and no. I assume she's referring to the bug. Um, but, uh, anyway. Okay. What's next? Um, so it's playing around with actually just today, actually two more updates before we get into the main topic. The first being, um, it's been a number of episodes ago. I don't recall exactly. I had my buddy Brendan Halvum on the podcast via Skype. It was my first time having a guest on the podcast via Skype. Um, and I couldn't. So, so what happens with is, uh, you know, just by default, when you open OBS, if you've got all your camera inputs coming in and you open OBS, OBS is going to take over that incoming camera signal, which then means that other apps like say zoom or Skype or anything else that would typically use your inbound camera, they'll just have a black screen because that signal is already occupied by OBS. Um, so when I did this interview with Brendan, um, because OBS was already taking the signal, I couldn't also use this angle that you're seeing right now when talking to Brendan. So what I had to do was call him, um, using a separate input, which was just a little webcam that I mounted right under the camera here. And then, um, and then we could be able to talk back and forth and then using an NDI plugin within OBS, I could bring his, his video into OBS and, and include him in the podcast. There were a couple disadvantages to that. The first being, um, that created kind of a weird lag to where, um, t- talking with him, it was coming through fine. It was coming through in, you know, in, in real time where we were just having a back and forth conversation as if we were kind of sitting right next to each other for the most part. But when it, in, as far as streaming goes and recording, he was lagging a little bit. So it, it almost sounds like when you play it back that I was cutting him off every time he would talk or, you know, towards the end of his sentences, I sound like a, like a, you know, I sound like a jerk. Cause I, he's not even done talking and I'm cutting it off, but that wasn't how it was live. Cut to today. Uh, I've found a, um, it's a plugin for OBS called virtual cam. And I hadn't, I don't know if I'd never seen it before. I just never installed it or what, but basically what it does, or at least in this context is it, um, you, you install it and then it becomes a plugin for OBS. You open up OBS and then you, um, turn it on and it essentially duplicates your incoming camera signal. I don't know if that terminology is correct, but essentially OBS will take the initial camera input and then you can assign OBS as its own separate camera signal so that when you open up Skype, 
and you go to choose your camera, um, it will, uh, you, you have the option to choose OBS as the camera. So then whoever you're talking to on Skype will also see all of this in addition to any sound effects that I'm doing, in addition to, you know, any camera switching I'm doing, they'll see it all. And that's great. Um, and part of the reason I was looking into that is because I have an idea, but I can't talk about it yet. It's not that I can't talk about it yet. It's not like I'm under any legal obligation or anything. I just, I want to, I want to put it together first and, and get it ready and then just reveal it. I don't want to leak it because I think it's, I think it's a cool idea and, uh, you know, I don't want to spill the beans too early. So, but that having that functionality is crucial to doing this idea. Also, um, kind of related to the setup here, another addition I have now is that, um, so I've, I've got two monitors, right? This monitor is a display, has a display point display port input. This monitor, well, I think it has USB too. This monitor is USB only. And then those obviously are coming out of my graphics card. My graphics card has two display port outputs and one HDMI. Um, now up until now, if I wanted to show my computer screen, I was just hitting this button. Uh, I don't even know if you can on the uh, Elgato stream deck here. I set up a little, um, shortcut on there to where if I press this button, it'll go directly to the screen. But I always kind of wanted to be able to use the Ada mini to be able to switch to my screen. But in order to do that, I would have had to route an HDMI input from my graphics card into here but this does not have display port. It only has HDMI. So finally I decided, okay, I'll just go ahead and buy a display port to HDMI cable, which I just got in the mail literally like 20 minutes ago. And I just plugged it in. Um, and it's great. It works. I can now switch to this and show you again. Let me just kind of let you know that something is happening here. There you go. So now this is my desktop and to get to it, I'm just pressing this button instead of having to press this on, on the Elgato stream deck. It's not really that, you know, I was, it's that much more of a, a deal to have to press it on the stream deck. I just wanted to have that functionality to do it here. Um, the only problem that I've experienced with that is that I have filters applied in, uh, OBS and those filters get applied and by filters, I mean like video filters. So those filters get applied to any inputs going into the Ada mini, meaning that this camera, this camera and this camera, and also the desktop here, uh, are going to have those filters, filters, those that LUT applied to it. So if I switch back and forth between this is right now, my screen on the Atom, and I'll bring, again, I'll bring this over here so you can kind of see it, how the colors change. Come on. Yeah. Why is it? I'm trying to resize it. That's fine. This will do. So if I turn on the screen from the stream deck where there are no filters applied, you'll see that the color is a little bit more true. If I turn that off, um, then they're a little bit more kind of like bluish green. And that's from the LUT, like the, uh, the, the colors that I applied to the LUT. So if I go back and forth quickly, you can kind of see how the colors change. So what I really need to figure out is how can I use 
the screen, um, or how can I switch to the screen on the Ada Mini without applying those filters? The only thing that comes to mind currently is that uh, I would have to not apply those filters in OBS and just set up the cameras and play around with the picture profiles on the cameras and get the look that I want in camera. So far, I don't think that there's a way to load picture profiles or LUTs or anything like that within Atom and maybe choose, designate which camera those LUTs are going to be applied to. Does that make sense? So, you know, in a perfect world, I would say, you know, uh, let's apply all, all, I would upload the LUT to the Atom software and I would apply it to this input, this input, and this input, but not to this input so that when I switch to this input, it would show it, you know, just the screen without any sort of color correction applied. Not quite there yet. Um, but uh, we'll figure something out at some point. I, I don't want to have to do in-camera looks. I don't know why I'm, I'm so against it. I just think because I don't, I, it's hard to fine tune that look on the camera versus being able to kind of do a color correction and create a, a custom LUT. But anyway, so there's that. Uh, let's see. And I think that's all the, oh, one last update. Um, so uh, I ordered some PC fans and I was hoping to be able to show those off today. Um, but uh, if, if I'm quiet enough, actually here, I'll, I'll if I select this, go to audio processing. So right now I have a noise gate applied to this mic or to uh, on the road uh, Rodecaster Pro. I have a noise gate applied to remove any background noise. I don't have a ton of background noise in here, but I do have this light, which makes a little bit of a low hum depending on how long it's been running. But the most of the noise comes from um, either the AC unit, which is actually located outside, kind of over in that general direction. Uh, but mostly it's the PC and the fans that are in there. So I'm going to turn the noise gate off and you should be able to hear uh, what I'm talking about. So that's essentially just ambient room noise. And um, I took a decibel test just with my phone and I think it was like 50, between 50 and 60 decibels or so. I just set it right on top of the computer of the, the tower and let it run. And it was about that range. So I'm going to, might've been closer to 50, but the new fans are supposed to come in tomorrow. I'm going to, and they're like, they're, I think they have a max decibel rating of somewhere of like 15 decibels. So hopefully that will cut down on some of the excess ambient noise that we hear in here. And, uh, for next week's podcast, it will be that much, um, that much quieter. So with that, those are the updates for the week. Let's move on to the topic at hand, which is the Sony a7 III. Now, I've got a um, Petpixel article set up here. Did I turn that back on? Yes, I did. Okay. So I've got Petpixel article set up. It looks like they got their uh, spec rumors from Sony Alpha rumors. Um, but this is what we're looking at for the Sony a7 III. And just to recap, this is kind of, this is uh, this is our full frame camera. Filmmakers love it. It doesn't have a, you know, it's only got the, the a7S II only has a 12 megapixel sensor, I believe. So it's not great for photographers, especially if you want big prints, but people are buying it for its video capabilities and its low light capabilities. So people have a lot of high expectations for the a7S III, uh, especially with some of these new Canon cameras that are coming out. 
Um, people have been waiting for this for a long freaking time. So these are some of the specs that, that uh, Sony Alpha Rumors is citing. Redesigned 12 megapixel image sensor with a fast readout, likely a stacked CMOS center, sensor, okay. 16-bit raw output, okay. A claimed 15 stops of dynamic range, which should be possible with 16-bit raw. Now that's interesting because I thought I had looked and seen that um, the Sony a7 III had, I'm looking it up, had similar dynamic range. Let's see. It's just impossible to have 14 stops in that template. Okay. Sony a7 III boasts 15 stops of dynamic range. That might have been, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't think I'm right. I have to imagine that it can't quite be that much if the Sony a7 III, this highly anticipated new system that's coming out, is supposed to have 15 stops. So i got to look more into that. But anyway, uh, moving on, 1080, uh, 1080 resolution, or 1080 at 240, I can't say that. 1080p at 240 frames per second slow motion. So currently, for example, again, I'm going to use, because I don't have the a7S II, I just have the a7 III. Let me grab it here. Uh, this camera currently in a lot of um, cameras made around this time on in the Sony line uh, usually have uh, 1080 at 120 frames per second max. So you're getting 240 frames per second, which is pretty cool. Don't know if there's going to be any crops or anything applied for that. Uh, you're going to have 10-bit 422, 4K, 120 frames per second video. That's a big deal. So this camera has um, 4K at 30 frames per second. And the 4K on this looks really good because I believe it's down downsampled from 6K. Um, and uh, But it only go, gives you up to 30 frames per second. And a lot of people want that, you know, that higher resolution, higher frame rate because, you know, when you're editing, especially a lot of people still edit in 1080, which I do. And if you're editing at a higher resolution, you know, you can zoom in a little bit and not lose a whole lot of quality. Um, but if you wanted to do that with some of the higher resolutions, you know, you were limited to shooting again and at 30 frames per second. And if you're editing at 24 frames per second, then you can only, you know, uh, bring it down to about 80% speed, 30 to the 24 to 30 is about 80%. But so that's pretty cool. And, and having 10 bit, these, you know, these cameras only have eight bit 422, lots of colors, 4k, 120 P is great. You can get uh, 4k, 120 P raw video over HDMI, uh, 600 megabit, uh, per second bit rate, base ISO of 160 for S log three, no dual ISO. Um, I believe that's cause, okay. So let's look on this. So with, with S log, um, footage, typically you're limited to, um, your, your base, your lowest ISO is limited to either like 400 or 800. I don't shoot an S log. Um, I've played with it a little bit, but uh, S-Log can kind of fall apart a little bit on 8-bit systems. There's just not enough data there for, for to, to be able to stretch the footage as much as you would want. So I typically shoot, shoot in a Cine 2 um, profile. But if I go in here, I got to find the uh, edit. So S-Log 2. Oops. Let's see. Is this? There we go. S-Log 3. I know you, you guys probably can't see this, but 
Um, yeah, so on the Sony a7 III in S-Log3, the lowest you can go in your ISO is 800. Uh, and that can cause some issues, especially in, in bright conditions. Um, but that said, they do typically say if you want the, the proper way to expose S-Log is to overexpose it by a couple stops um, because you retain a lot more data focusing more on the highlights, if I understand correctly. And then, you know, in post, you can stretch out a little bit more. Um, but to be able to go down as low as 160 it, ISO is great because then you'll have more, um, you know, you have more options in very bright situations versus, say, having to either crank up your shutter speed or shut down your aperture or throw on an ND filter. Um, let's see. Um, hold on. Okay. Uh, let's see what's next. No record time limits. That's awesome. Uh, the Sony a seven three has a record limit of, I believe 30 minutes, which I've heard that that's like a, like a tariff issue or something like that. Something like, unless it's designated as a camcorder, uh, it's going to have that limit. And, and, be, and if it doesn't, it's some tax reason. I don't know something, but anyway, I, I maybe they there, I don't know if there's those rules have changed or if they're just considering it a different type of camera, but there are no record time limits and that's great. Assuming that it doesn't have any overheating problems. I know the new Canon camera, I forget which one that came out, uh, reportedly has some overheating issues, which is a problem. Sony cameras, historically have been known to overheat at times the sony a6500 which is this one uh has overheated maybe once or twice i've never really had any issues with this one unless i've used it super extensively um this camera though um has overheated on a number of different occasions especially when trying to shoot in 4k so uh yeah if they can get that under control fantastic fully articulating screen. That's what everybody wants. I think at the end of the day, I mean, of course, you know, like the 4k with the high frame rates, everybody wants that. But, uh, I mean, right now, this is what we've been working with for how long doesn't come out. You can kind of angle it down a little bit or you can angle it up, but you can't swing it out in either direction, which, you know, if you're, uh, if you do any vlogging, not, um, not easy to work with. And that's exactly, by the way, which why I have this little piece on the top here. And that's literally just so I can, if I turn it on, you can have at least some kind of preview oops, of what's going on inside. Cause there's a little mirror here. And when you flip this up on the back, it'll show you that's really the only option. It would be great to not have to use this thing, um, this thing, but, um, on the a7 III, that's really the only the only option I have. And then finally, UHS to SD card slots. So uh, looks like they may be sticking with SD card slots, which I, you know, some people, they like to bash on the SD card. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I actually don't like using like compact flash cards. They're just, they're too big, take up a lot of space. There's the XQD cards, which I've never used. But, you know, I don't typically run into a whole lot of issues with SD cards. So for me, that's fine. Uh, so the big takeaways for me, let's see if there's anything else. 
you know, and that looks to be about it. And of course, these are just rumors. So they, there may be some variations there, but the big ones for me are the 10 bit, uh, 422, the 4k 120, the no recording limits and the articulating screen. That for me is a big deal. And you know what? I mean, if I were to get the a seven S three, I, I may play around with S log simply for the fact that, you know, the, the files will be able to handle it better because you now have 10 bit instead of eight bit. So, which means you have more data to work with either way. Um, sounds awesome. You know, none of these, none of the, you know, you got Canon coming out with an eight K camera, which is awesome. Uh, but none of these, um, uh, specs are like super mind blowing, but for creators, you know, YouTubers, that's more than enough. And I'm hoping that that also means that, you know, it's not going to cost $5,000 because what, let's see, obviously, you know, this isn't what it cost um, when it came out, but let's look at the current price of the Sony A7S II. Uh, so you can get yourself a Sony A7S II for 2000 bucks. Uh, that was the original price of this camera, the Sony A7 III, which you can pick up currently for... Really? Well, that's interesting. You can get them for the same price. Sony A7 III for 2000 just the body. Let me make sure I had that correctly. And the Sony A7S II also for 2000 um, looks like it's marked down from 2400 and that ends today. So um, maybe that's a little bit more accurate. I don't, I don't know what the a7s II was when it first came out, but I would hope that the a7s three comes in at under 3000. And if it does, and if they can pack all that stuff into it and maybe wow us with a couple extra features, they could have um, a really good camera on their hands. Anyway, that's that's it. July twenty eighth, mark your calendars, um, and uh, let's hope we uh, let's hope they deliver because we've been waiting for this for a long, long time. So, with that said, let's get to the sound of the week reveal because we just have to. Uh, I, I can't keep forgetting. I'm slacking on that. So, once again, the sound of the week for this week is. And if you uh, if you used cameras at all, you may be aware that that camera is the GoPro. That's right. The sound when you turn the GoPro off, that is the sound that you are hearing here. That is the sound of the week. I'm glad I remembered. Next week we will do a new sound. Uh, and um, you know what? I, what else I noticed is that it's it's not easy to come up with these sounds. You think you you would think that there are a lot of different sounds that you encounter when working with a lot of these things. And I'm already starting to have to revert to like the sounds of, I don't know, like just mechanical sounds or sounds of, uh, light stands closing or, you know, zipping up bags. I don't know. Um, if you got any, uh, sound of the week ideas, hit me a comment and I'll, uh, I'll feature them in, uh, in a future episode. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and call this one done. So if you haven't already, if you're still with me, 
please click that subscribe button wherever you happen to be watching or listening and follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. And while you're at it too, go over to my main channel and hit subscribe there. You'll find a lot of cool tutorials and uh, videos and vlogs and things like that. Um, but for now and until next time, keep on creating, making, and doing, and I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.